And now, St. Peter's audition for the Cottonelle Wipes commercial. Uh, yeah, I'm here to talk to you about uh, your your bum. I'm going to talk to you about your bum. I mean, you got, do you wipe your bum? What, uh, do you use wet stuff to wipe your bum? That wasn't very good, was it? Okay, let's, let's try it again. Do, do, do I have to say bum? Do I have to say bum? I can't say ass. Can I say ass? No. Wipe, wipe your bum. Oh, God, okay. Let's talk about your bum on Facebook. With Cottonelle wipes. Take these wipes and go in the bathroom and wipe your ass and then come back out and tell them, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your bum. Go wipe your bum and tell me, okay, let's try it again. Take these wipes and go in the bathroom and wipe your bum and then come out and give me a report on how your bum wiping went. Because that's not creepy at all, right? No, that wasn't very good, was it? Maybe less sarcasm. All right, let's go again. This is St. Peter for Cottonelle Wipes. Wipe your dirty bum and it won't be dirty anymore because you got wet stuff to wipe it with instead of dry stuff. What? I thought that was pretty good. All right, let's try it again. I'm St. Peter and I want to talk about your bum. Please tell me all about your bum. The ins and outs, if you will, of your bum. What? What? Oh. Ins and outs. Oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Ins and outs of your bum. <laughs> okay, we can't use that one. Let's go again. Hello, this is St. Peter. I want to talk to you about something very important. I want to talk to you about your bum. I want to talk to you about your bum very publicly on Facebook. So please, talk about your bum. On the Cottonelle Wipes page on Facebook. Wipe your bum. Your bum is dirty. You're using toilet paper. Wipe your bum. God damn it, for Christ's sake. Wipe your motherfucking bum. Oh, yeah, okay. Got a little amped up there. Got a little amped up. Let's try one more time. Your butt is dirty. Cottonelle Wipes are clean. Wipe your bum until it's clean. That's pretty good. I nailed that shit. I nailed that shit like I did your mom last night. Fucking hey, yo. There you go. Welcome, everybody. It's a shame. I was sitting here thinking during that, this is a shame that we don't get voicemails from St. Peter anymore. He's been gone a few years. I think the show is really missing something. Really, um, <clears throat> I was going to use the word genius. I don't use the word genius a lot, but I think many of you, you know St. Peter. You know the genius is really the only word for the art that he's provided the show for so many years. I don't thank him enough. I don't think I've ever thanked him. And I'm not going to start now. Welcome, everyone. It's Jesus Show Live, Chapter 7, Verse 3. We have a great interview coming up here in a few minutes. Moments. First, stuff to talk about. Of course, if you're watching the video version of the show, all the stuff you need to know is scrolling along the bottom of the uh, website, uh, whatever you're watching on your phone, whatnot. Twitter X, the Facebook, the Instagram. There's many, many places I am. Some I check, some I don't. It's really a crapshoot. But if you if you like a particular platform, go follow me on there. The same way with the audio podcasts, whether it's Spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever. 
stonerjesus.net. You can find all that information. If you want to um, email the show, stonerjesus420 at gmail.com. Our group of hardcore fans of the show is on Facebook. Search Disciples of Stoner Jesus on Facebook. Seek, and ye shall find, as they say, and it's a very famous saying, as far as I remember. In any case, there's coupon codes there as well. A couple things to talk about before we get to our great interview. Uh, Martha Bueno is on tonight. I can say tonight. It's evening. We're doing the show a little bit early. We usually do it around 10 on Sundays. Um, but that was a little late for her. And it's a, to be honest, it's getting late for me. I mean, as the years go on, I think 10 o'clock, that's crazy. That's a crazy time to do a show. I want to eat dinner early, do the show early, go to bed. I'm old. Look at me. I'm not as old as I look, but still. I think I qualify as old. I want to go to bed. <laughs> 6.05. I want to go to bed. <laughs> but I can't. I'm bringing you people content because you love it so much. And uh, I do what you know, you all want most of the time. Anyway, what was I saying? That's right. The Stern Jesus Television Network. The pin post on my ex is Stern Jesus 420. Stern Jesus Television Network. It's three, count them, three channels. Channel one, all Stoner Jesus show episodes, full episodes streaming all the time. Channel two, clips, my favorite clips, my favorite interviews that I've done over the years, all streaming on channel two. And channel three is SJ and Friends, early episodes of the High Noon Hemp Show that we do every Wednesday with Beach. Doing that show more than five years now. That's crazy. Also, the Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. I do that show with Shelly Martinez, former wrestler, model, content creator, has tons of awesome stories. Uh, I interject witty banter every now and then. It's my contribution to the show. <laughs> Go join the Smokeout. ShellySJSmokeout.com. There's a link to the Patreon on there. Join. Do the live show. You can actually join us on yard. You can smoke with us, participate. You can be in the private chat or on audio or on video. You know, watch what we're watching, talk about what we're talking about. Smoke with us, you know, all that good stuff. ShellySJSmokeout.com. You can find a link for that there. Also, the free audio podcast. Every episode has a free audio podcast. You can find all the platforms for that. On Patreon, you get all the video shows, the full episodes, of course. Also, access to our Discord where you can interact with us. All of that. My long way of saying ShellySJSmokeout.com. Go click it. Join us. It's five bucks a month on Patreon. You get access to the show. And tell Shelly how great her boobs look. It's it's all good. I don't care. Whatever you want to do to subscribe. <laughs> you want to come on there and tell me how much I suck? That's fine. I'm down for that too. As long as you're a subscriber. I'm not doing that shit for free. You can't tell me I suck for free. That's, that doesn't work for me. But if you want to subscribe and then come on the show and be like, Stern Jesus, man, you really suck. You're not funny at all. Like, you know what? I appreciate that. Thank you. In any case, you can find all that, ShellySJSmokeout.com. Also, links to our ex, formerly known as Twitter page, and the Instagram page as well. We're trying to load a video on there. The Shelly sent me, it's like 20 seconds. It's to promote the show, but it just won't load, so I don't know. Maybe that's coming to an end. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe X doesn't like that type of thing anymore. The whole loading videos. It's Shelly in a Wonder Woman outfit. I mean, come on. There's nothing, you know, it's just, you know, good fun. Good superhero fun. She's smoking a bowl. She's promoting the show. That's it. 
But no, it gets to 50% and it says error. But you don't you don't want to hear me complain. Well, some of you may want to hear me complain. That's what a lot of this show has become. <laughs> Again, it's the old thing. I bet there's a kid on my front lawn right now. I want to go out there and shake my fist at him. You whippersnapper, get the hell out of here. Anyway, we're live right now. We're live on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Stern Jesus 420, of course. We're also on Twitch and on Facebook. Although I have 15,000 fans on Facebook, Facebook shows this show to no one. I'll go there in two days. It'll say that 12 people have seen it. And I think to myself, why? What's the point? I went through a lot to get those 15,000. It's not easy to get 15,000 people on Facebook, especially if no one knows who you are or cares who you are. It's especially difficult. But I did it, and it doesn't matter. Because there's zero people watching this show on Facebook right now. I guarantee it. They just don't care. Unless it's a meme that I stole from someone. I mean, I can play that game. That's fine. But I want people to see my face, too. I want the attention. <laughs> Any case, as I said, uh, you may have seen Martha Bueno on Twitter, X. I know. I call it both. It's whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Ten years. You're now saying Twitter may seem stupid, but it's been, you know, a few months. We still get away with it. Twitter, X, uh, libertarian, uh, political, libertarian political philosophy, if you will, uh, much like mine. <clears throat> You've heard my journey many times from, you know, neocon Rush Limbaugh listener. I found Ron Paul in 2006, thanks to a MySpace cannabis people. Actually, MySpace cannabis people in Canada. That's how I learned of the existence of Ron Paul. <laughs> because the MySpace Canadian people, they all loved Ron Paul. And they thought, I was like, what, who the hell is this guy? And I looked him up and got to learn more about him. And well, you know, here I am 17 years later. Very politically disillusioned <laughs> with the whole thing. Because, <laughs> you know, people like Ron Paul, they're not going to they're not going to get the reins of power ever. Just it's not the way the system's set up. A lot of people like to say the system is broken. I don't think it is. I think it's working exactly as it is intended for the people who benefit from it. And uh, the rest of us are screwed. This is not me for me to be on my soapbox. I've got someone else for that tonight. <laughs> a guest. We can get on the soapbox together. Backstage right now, uh, waiting. And by the way, if you're watching this live, if there's some kind of internet outage, I've had all kinds of internet problems. The thing right now is telling me it's unstable. I don't know... I, I don't know what to do. I've done the best I can. I screwed up. I got the T-Mobile thing because I saw uh, scrubs and black scrubs on the commercial. I was like, hey, you plug in a box. You got internet. Bam. But no. It's unstable, according to a little thing that keeps blinking at me. Like an annoying little bastard. <laughs> Shut up. I know it's unstable. Thank you. Oh, crap. Mushlovetou.com. It's right over here. I totally forgot. <laughs> Sponsoring the Stoner Jesus Television Network. Go check them out. Mushroom kits, you can grow mushrooms yourself, get the medical benefits, all that stuff at home. Mushlove to you.com. They're awesome. Now, waiting backstage is Martha Bueno. We'll bring her to the forefront now and turn her microphone on. Of course, that'll be helpful. Martha, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. So good to be here with you, especially after hearing that intro and your your arrival to libertarian philosophy. It just Warm my heart, a man after my own ideals. Yeah, it was, uh, I was definitely, well, put it this way. When we invaded Iraq, I recorded it from CNN, like on VHS tapes to like have 
this moment in history recorded that we were bringing democracy and freedom to these Iraqi people, and it was going to be so great for them. And that's really one of the really one of the top toppling points for me was seeing the way that went. And um, like I said, I've just gotten to the point now where I feel like I'm just so disillusioned with all of it. I feel like voting and politicians and all of it is so useless. And I just I don't want to be that way. But I mean, I don't know what I can do, especially after the COVID debacle and and the way all that went down. I just I don't know. I just can't anymore. So here we are. <laughs> I mean, I feel that disillusion. I think everybody who's been paying attention for a while feels that disillusion. But there's the other side to that, which is after COVID, look at how many people are like waking up to our government and what our government does. So um, like you, I've been a libertarian since the early 2000s. I founded in uh, 2001 um, after George Bush won. I actually voted for him. And then we went to war. And I, I couldn't get it. I was, um, why? Why is that the solution? Why is the solution to drop bombs? Like how, how is it that dropping bombs on people in another country is somehow going to bring democracy? I don't get it. I don't see the connection. I don't see how it happens. I don't see how one morning you wake up, your house was destroyed. And the next day you're like, you know what? That democracy thing, that really is going to work for us now. So um, yeah. I found the Libertarian Party and, <laughs> and um, I've since left them too, because I think at the end of the day, all politics um, is just that it's, it's people pushing each other um, to get what they want and not what is in the best interest of everyone. And one of the things that, that the Libertarian Party brought me closer to was cannabis. Most of the people in there smoke cannabis because that's one of the things that people laugh about the libertarians is that they are Republicans who smoke weed or Democrats who can do math. So, I mean, <laughs> it brought me definitely closer to the plant. And I was like, hmm, maybe the government has been wrong on more than one thing. That's one of the things I have a lot of libertarians on here. And that's one of the things I like to ask them is, why is it? especially with the cannabis community, so many people in the cannabis community, they see firsthand in this specific area, the way the government is, the way cannabis prohibition started, the, the foundations for it Lies. going back before 1987, and the way that the government has weaponized it throughout the years to, you know, the way Nixon used it to wipe out, you know, people against the Vietnam War and on down the line, it's been used mm -hmm. to persecute people who aren't actually committing crimes. How cannabis people can see that so specifically and then in so many other areas be like, yeah, give the government more control. We need to put our trust in them. They're going to help us. They have our best interest at heart, et cetera. And I don't see the crossover and the fact that so many cannabis users are progressive in just about every other area has always blown my mind. And I'm really not sure why that is. I mean, I guess some of it is like, you know, like when I was, I grew up in public schools, went to public schools in the U.S. And the indoctrination you get in public schools in the United States people around the world really don't get the level of what we're fed and all of the stuff that we have to get rid of. Like it took me years to just peel away all of that stuff and get to the reality, which is the government's not here to help us. They're not set up to help us. They're not going to function in that way. And now we got to figure out a lot of things for ourselves if they'll let us. And uh, it's just been, it's such a, it's such a weird journey to look at myself back then and where I am now and, I said, I just, I, I try to be positive, but you know, again, here we are. It's, <laughs> it's, I, such, it's hard it's such to be positive. 
Yeah. It's hard to stay positive in this world. But I mean, for me, my come to Jesus moment with cannabis was I, I listened to a talk at a convention and the speaker was a mom who uh, has a child with Dravet syndrome, which is one of the worst forms of epilepsy uh, that humans face. And this poor child had over 200 seizures every single day. And because, um, you know, I, I agreed with cannabis, but I wasn't an advocate or anything. And that day, I, I think it was the birth of an advocate um, because I sat in that audience and I listened to her go through her journey and how difficult and how she had to leave her child behind to go to California to be able to purchase some cannabis that had started working for her child when everything else was not working and how she risked her her for freedom because if she was caught, she obviously would go to jail and then her child wouldn't have anybody to take care of him. So she would risk her freedom all to get this plant for her child. And while I, I, I knew about cannabis, of course, and you know, I was, I was okay with people using it. It just, it hadn't hit me at that point. I am a mother and this idea that somebody somewhere can just write down some words on a piece of paper and deny your child the life-saving medicine that he or she may need it, it drove me crazy. And I mean, that was one of my real wake ups to the damage the United States government does to its people, where you have a mother like that, a single mother of a child who really, truly needed this medication um, that was actually working. <laughs> that was the the big irony is that there was no other drug that actually even came close to a plant in, in terms of working for him. He went from 200 seizures every single day to about less than five a week. And so, you know, Amazing. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to use the word miracle, but it is a miracle substance. And that really woke me up. And I was like, how is it possible? How is it possible that we've, we've almost gone through, well, now it's been well over 100 years of prohibition, but how isn't it possible we've gotten to this point? So, oh boy, um, the United States government is not our friend. It's not our friend. It doesn't care about us. And I think if COVID did not show it to the majority of people, I don't know what ever will, you know, when they locked yeah. us in our homes and told us, you don't need to lose weight and you don't need any sunlight. And you, <laughs> what is this ivermectin thing that we hear works? No, no, please go out and get this experimental thing. Um, and maybe just maybe you'll be okay. Um, so yeah, I just, I have no faith in the U S government and I can't wait for other people to figure that out and join us. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, COVID showed it, uh, and cannabis is a prime example that the people in the government aren't interested in our health and what's best for our health. It's just that, you know, however long ago, some very powerful, powerful people decided, you know, we don't want you using cannabis. We don't want you using hemp for whatever reason. So they jumped from that opinion of what should be happening to we're going to make this law that says you can't do this and prevent you from doing this. And there's so many people who feel like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. If I don't if I don't think it's good for someone, I think that the government should be able to ban it. And then you dump on top of that, whether it's dare or the lies about, you know, smoking cannabis causes lung cancer or smoking cannabis kills brain cells or whatever it was we were taught growing up and had the gateway theory that's been debunked a million times over. But a lot of people don't seem to care. Um, and it just it, it keeps coming back to, you know, the demonization of cannabis and so many people being on board with that. And it's taken a lot. I've written in the cannabis space for 14 years now, and it's been a long road getting to where we are. And I could do a whole show on the drawbacks of legalization and the problems and 
with the regulations and the restrictions and the taxes and, and how hard it's making it to ever compete with the black market in a real way. But, you know, that's, but again, you know, as I've said before, because prohibition was so harsh and destroyed so many lives, we're going to basically take what we can get and hope for the best and hopefully try to improve on it. But it's never going to be what it could be. Uh, just the potential of the, the cannabis market alone is never going to be what it could be because of, of government interference. But we're going to fight for whatever we're allowed to get. And that's the sad state of things. Whereas we're basically begging these people who took this away from us, please, can we have a little bit of our our rights back, you know, to help our children or help us sleep at night or deal with the PTSD from being in a war or whatever it is. And it's, um, you know, it's a sad thing, but it, there's there's a lot of positives you got to look at as well. Absolutely. And I think we are fighting back. And, um, you know, the the legal market, the unofficial legal market now are the cannabinoids, um, you know, those little cousins uh, to THC that are legal in many of the states where we still don't have legalization. And that is one of those things that, um, you know, I'm, I'm pursuing. I recently launched a brand of a Delta 8 cannabinoid um, chewable tablet because there are so many states where people still today cannot get access to this plant without the government either imposing some type of medical card here in Florida. You need to have a medical card if you're going to if you're going to consume cannabis. And that medical card is over six hundred dollars a year because you have to see a doctor twice a year and pay the state seventy five dollars. So between the two doctor's visits not covered by insurance and the medical card and the picture and submitting it and whatnot, you're out six hundred dollars. Well, with that six hundred dollars, you could buy a year supply, depending on how much you consume uh, of Delta eight. So. I'm just saying, you know, we need to have alternatives. And yes, I was fighting for the full-on legalization. I wanted to get the uh, the, the ability to grow cannabis here in Florida. Uh, here in Florida, they've shut out the market. Not know how, you know, your stoner Jesus, you probably know it all about Florida. But um, you know, the market here in Florida is pretty ridiculous. They 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 held it back uh, to five original companies, and then later on, they opened it up to 22. And a few months ago, they they invited another 22 to get a license. Uh, we're waiting to see who, who actually gets those. But 44 companies total for um, a state of 20 million plus people when we can't and we can't grow it at home. We are on, we are not allowed to grow even a single plant, even with a medical marijuana license, uh, you know, or a doctor's uh, note. So it's just ridiculous. And I'm so over it. And I can't wait for the market to get there. So again, cannabinoids are, are a solution. They are not exactly the same, but they serve the same purpose. They help people sleep. They help people with their anxiety issues. They help people with all their, these things that we're not allowed to say, because that's another thing. The FDA will come after you and say, how dare you make claims on a plant that's been around for, <laughs> you know, for all of human history and that we know its results. Um, but here we are. I think that we need to find solutions and think outside the box because that's really what it takes when everybody is using this plant and they're like, oh, wait, I couldn't sleep. And I took a Delta eight tablet and I fell asleep, you know, shortly thereafter. And it helped me without providing the groggy feeling of, you know, some pharmaceutical thing. Um, I think we're going to find that, like, we'll get that critical mass and people will be like, why? Why is that thing illegal? Why? When, you know, it, it's just it's just a plant. And I hope that one day in my lifetime, we're able to grow cannabis outside like tomatoes. 
I mean, I live in Florida. It's summer here pretty much year round. I would love to have uh, three to four turns of, um, of my plants. You know, it would be fantastic. Fortunately, not anytime soon. Noticed over the years when a lot of legalization things got passed, things like home growing were left out. The restrictions on how much you could get, how much you could buy, how much Convenient. you could have. All of this, all because of this notion that, well, we're going to kind of allow this legal marijuana, but we cannot let any of it somehow you know, leak into the black market. Like it was going to be the end of the world if some of this, if every ounce or every bud of legal marijuana wasn't accounted for and going to people who quote unquote need it, who however decides that in whatever individual state or jurisdiction, they decide, well, this person does need it, this person doesn't need it, you know, depending on nothing really other than whim and opinion. And it's just, it's resulted obviously in this patchwork all over the country, like where I'm at in Kentucky. Uh, we just now, uh, I think last year, Governor Bashir signed some executive order. And all it really does is if you buy it somewhere and you have, have it legally, which you can in Kentucky, there's nowhere to buy it. You can't grow it, any of that stuff. But if you were right. to buy it in another state, if you got caught in Kentucky with it, if you can produce this receipt and some kind of medical recommendation, then they won't bust you for the marijuana you have. But that's like the best. And these people, the Kentuckians for, Kentuckians for medical marijuana, uh, these veterans, uh, people in wheelchairs, people with epilepsy, make this trick track to Frankfort, Kentucky every year, go through the sessions, talk to the senators and the, and the representatives and the committee meetings and all this stuff. And they've been doing this for over a decade now. And it's just now to the point where they've gotten this executive order from the governor. They still can't get the actual bill uh, all the way through. And it's just, it's been... It's been such a nightmare and it's all ridiculous because these people aren't breaking the law. I mean, anybody who grows, sells cannabis is not infringing on the rights of anyone else. They're not breaking the law. They're not hurting anybody. And the fact that we're still going through all of this and they have to make that trip every year to, to beg these people basically, hey, can we have some of our rights back? It's just it's sickening and it's really one of the main that and, and COVID really were the two main contributors to my just almost detachment from the political realm uh, completely. And, uh, you know, I, I respect the people who are still there and, you know, we're still, still still fighting. I mean, I'll do my social media thing. But other than that, I have zero faith. And I live by the district I live in has uh, my representative is Thomas Massey, who in my mind is one of the best politicians that's been mm-hmm. around in decades um and even with that i think well you know that's great but he's one guy in just this sea of garbage and he what he does is you know he rep- he brings attention to a lot of things but ultimately his way of thinking is never going to be well where he's at and um you know what what is to be done about that i i don't know i mean a guy like that's that's about as much power as he's going to have. And, uh, you know, we're left with, you know, people like Mitch McConnell, who's also from my state, who's really the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> when it comes to, uh, uh, even though they're both Republicans, you know, they can be more night and day on a lot of issues. And uh, it's a shame. I mean, Rand Paul is great. I mean, he's not as good as his father, but, you know, it is what it is. But when you can name people on one hand like that, that are you, that are kind of okay, it's just. We had Justin I, Amash. I we lost him. Yeah. Justin Amash, the first uh, libertarian in Congress. Yep. I mean, oh, I wish there was more of them. I wish we could clone Massey. Um, You know, 
everybody kind of uh, for fun, we call him sassy with Massey because he's so sassy and his in his replies and keeping us in, in check and making sure that we know things like the kill switch on cars that he's currently fighting. I mean, it's just yeah. we need more of these people. We do. And and it's really hard to get to these positions. Um, I, I obviously I ran for office, but I did not make it. And I did not try for such a high office as the one that uh, Thomas Massey has. I tried for Miami-Dade County Commission. Um, because there's so much corruption at the local level as well that it's it's yeah. it's exhausting. I, I don't know how else to put it other than it's exhausting. And I knew I I had a very good chance of not making it into the seat, and I didn't. Um, you know, the the machine wins yet again. Uh, but we have to keep trying. I, I again, I I feel like we're we're on this like, oh, well, it's just so impossible, but we have to keep trying. we have to try anything and everything that we can. Because I refuse to go down that path. And if so, where are we going? Like everybody who's here emigrated their, or their family did before them, you know, a few generations back, except for the Native Americans. We've all come here from somewhere else, pretty much fleeing something somewhere else. In the case of my parents, they've now fleed two countries within their lifetime. And if this happens in the United States, that would be number three. So where are we going if the United States gets more authoritarian is my question. There's nowhere else that is nearly as free as what the United States started off as. I don't think we're, we're there um, just yet. Uh, I think we're, you know, I don't think we're, we're, in, we're in communism or we're in full-blown socialism here, but I do think that we need to pay attention and we need people to, to understand that every time we give up even an ounce of freedom, they will take that ounce and run with it. The Patriot Act is one of my least favorite, but favorite to bring up. Because everyone pretty much heard of the Patriot Act. And it was like, oh, we need this so that we can make sure that terrorists don't come into the country. And then they've used it to usurp all of their power and to spy on us and to use it to, you know, spy on us through our cell phones, all of our communications, all of our text messages, all of our emails. I mean, for God's sake, we are so controlled these days. And and so we have to keep fighting. And if not, let me know where everyone else is moving to because. We need options. I just got back from El Salvador, um, you know, which is Bitcoin. I don't know how familiar you are with Bitcoin, but it is uh, the first country to adopt Bitcoin as uh, legal tender. And a lot of people have moved to the beach area to create this new mm. place. Um, they don't have cannabis, though. It is very illegal there. Um, so... It, like there's no, just nowhere. I, I like the Bitcoin part. I don't like how um, illegal everything is. So where are we going? That's my question. Like, can we just, can yeah. we just have like a little piece of land where we can just not be harassed by the government? Just, you know, a sliver of it. Where? Yeah. The government definitely does not like competition. And uh, they, <clears throat> at all. As, and I know people, you know, one of my, I like the idea of like, you know, local, elections and stuff like that and that's you know that's great as far as it can go but the federal government has become so entrenched in just every aspect that each year that goes by that's really less and less you know gonna have less and less um of an impact and people don't like the obviously we've been trained to view the notion of secession or national divorce or whatever you want to call it as you know people immediately go to oh well civil war everybody dies we can't do that. Let's just do that. Let's just do this where, you know, this little cadre of, of people in Washington, D.C. decide what's best for 350 million people or whatever it is now. 
And again, because of public school, we've been so conditioned to that and so conditioned against any other thing. Like, well, you know, maybe what, you know, what if the country wasn't like, you know, what if it was like six different countries? What if it was like 10 different countries? Or what if each state was a country and they just traded and cooperated with each other or whatever? And every notion of that immediately for most people goes to, well, civil war, slavery, everyone dies, you know, Lincoln, Gettysburg Address, 600,000 people, you know, all that stuff. And it's things like that could be a solution down the line, but I don't see any of that happening without just a real collapse from Washington, D.C. And then everybody deciding, well, you know what, I guess we're going to like, we have our guns, we have our fences, we're going to take care of this little area. And that's what it'll become a lot of. And maybe there'll be places that people are, freedom-loving people are welcome. But um, I just don't see it happening through uh, any kind of political process because so many people have so much power and something like that would take away so much power for them that they would rather us all die than give up that power. <laughs> so Absolutely. that's what they'll do that's more. Like I said, you know, the, the system works the way it's supposed to for the people it's supposed to work for. The way it was intended, like you said, um, yeah. I think that that's why the the this idea of an alternative currency is so powerful for me, because really the thing that keeps them in power is that control of our money. So I agree with you. I think that they're not just going to give up the power. There's nobody that's just going to be like, you know what, we've gone a little too far, and I think we we should pull back some and let people have their freedom. That's not going to happen. And in the original intent of the United States, we we're supposed to be like small countries. And we were supposed to just cooperate with each other. And then the federal government just grew out of proportion. So um, like our governors are supposed to be like our presidents. And, and so that was the original intent. We long past blew through that and we're like, nah, we're just going to have this federal government. And they're, you know, from this little town in Washington, D.C., this little, you know, spot, that's where everybody's going to be controlled from. And I, it wasn't supposed to be this way. And I think that the only way to scale it back is to stop using the dollar. I, I mean, honestly, I, that's, I go over it in my head and I'm like, I, I mean, we could either have a massive war, but let's not forget that we've kind of fought war to keep the federal government and make sure that the, we didn't secede to make sure that we stayed together. So we are, that's not going to happen that easily, but taking away their power, this money that they can print and control us all with, I think that's, that's, might be the future. And um, again, I just came back from El Salvador. So maybe I'm a little too orange pilled right now for this conversation, but I see that that might be the future. Um, a currency that those in power can't control is where my mind is at these days. Um, just because, you know, that we've got to do something and it's, it's getting so bad. Um, and again, we're, we are much better um, in terms of like cannabis legalization. It's better. But then we have all these wars that we're fighting and just the division amongst all of us. Um, I don't know about you, but I definitely don't see that division. I go travel, go around, and I don't see that hatred that I'm being told that people hate, a, um, you know, that we all hate each other over. I don't see it. I see a lot of love out there, and I'm not sure that I'm – maybe it's just me. I don't know. Yeah, the, the TV definitely loves to tell you that everyone hates each other. Um, there's always something to fear, whether it's Russia or China or someone else. And I had these discussions with my wife, you know, she says, well, you know, China's doing this and all that other stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's, I tell her, you know, that's, that's not great. But when shit is the fan, so to speak, and when things are being crushed by someone, it's going to be our own government. It's not going to be, we're not going to be crushed under the wheels of Chinese tanks, 
you know, in Kentucky, it's going to be U.S. tanks or whatever if it comes to that. Um, and yeah, and what's what worries me about Bitcoin is that it's something that's so outside the realm of what they can control that there's literally people like old, like Mr. Burns type people sitting around right now thinking, how can we crush this? How can we destroy these people? How can we punish these people for participating in this thing that's outside of our control? And, and they um, have. How far, yeah. I mean, and how they far have. You're saying, yeah. Yeah. There's Ross Ulbricht is my go-to for this. I mean, there is nobody that is showing that the U.S. government was scared of Bitcoin more than Ross Ulbricht. And um, for those that don't know who Ross Ulbricht is, brief brief history, he created a website called The Silk Road. It was on the dark uh, web, so it was not easily accessible. Your average child just couldn't get on it. He had to download Tor. He had to find this web address. The dark web is not like type in google.com and, you know, figure it out. No, no, no. You had to like know the address. And back in 2010, 2011, 2012, you had to purchase Bitcoin, which was really hard back then. Um, if a lot of people still don't understand it now, it's it was really hard back then. But you could go on this website and purchase um, different kinds of substances. And and the number one substance sold on there was marijuana. Remember, you have to remember that that in 2013, when he was caught, marijuana was not legal in most of the United States like it is now where it's legal in some form or another in 38 states. So when this happened, it was very illegal all across the United States. But the number two thing sold on there, or, or number three, I forget the number, is insulin. So a lot of people don't know that, you know, the Silk Road was actually helping people get medicine that they needed cannabis, insulin, magic mushrooms. And yeah, there was some of the other harder stuff. I mean, we're adults. What can I say? But the United States government decided that for the crime of building the website, because Ross didn't actually sell the drugs himself, it was more like an eBay where other people could, um, but he was only using Bitcoin. They tried to bury him and they gave him two life sentences plus 40 years, which is 240 years for the crime of building a website. And I think that the number one thing that they were showing us uh, with that sentence, which was ridiculous, and they tried to throw this murder for hire, which was never proven. And they, you know, they tried to get him on other things. And all of his charges were conspiracy to to launder money and conspiracy to sell drugs. I mean, it was all BS charges. But the thing that really sticks to me is that Bitcoin, they were really scared of it. And I think that's why a lot of people now are seeing the CBDC you know, the government wants to create its own crypto and get us all on it because they think that we're too dumb to figure out the difference. And so, yeah. you know, just if nothing else, guys, stay vigilant, stay, you know, do not take CBDCs. If somebody tells you that this is the next thing, it's a no, it's a hard pass, no CBDCs, um, which are basically digital currency that our U.S. government will create. And we'll be able to print however many they want, because now they don't even have to print a dollar. They can just add a number to a to a yeah. you know a, a, a government website and boom they they've made new money so um we definitely have to stay vigilant and by the way after the silk road went down there was the silk road too and the people who got caught there i think got like less than 10 years or, or if that i think it was like two years so it really was not the drugs part the number one yeah. seller on the silk road got seven years he served seven years sentence and he's free today. Nobody else is in jail, only Ross. And the only way to get him free is a presidential pardon, uh, clemency from the president. So it's, I mean, this young man, he's wasting his life away in jail all because he had the, the audacity to go against the United States government.
And I think we're seeing that over and over and over again, Julian Assange and Edward Snowden, and uh, most recently, Douglas Mackey, who did that. Um, he's, the, he's the one that Tucker Carlson just recently yeah. interviewed. Yep. Yeah, I mean, here's this kid who posted a meme back in 2016, and now he's save, you know he's going to go to jail for seven months. And it's just, it's incredible. How are we at this point? Oh, I mean, Donald Trump, what more of a famous person being persecuted by the United States government than Donald Trump. So if they can do it to Donald Trump, a billionaire who was president, say what you say. I mean, I was a never Trumpster, but if he, they can do it to Donald Trump, they can do it to all of us. And that that is very scary for me. Yeah. I mean, you would think someone like Donald Trump, who used to be, you know, in the club, you know, when they decide that you're not in the club anymore, you're a problem. They'll they'll get rid of you no matter what it, what it takes. And if like you said, if they do it to Donald Trump, you know, people who have no power, if they're gonna want to be made, they want them to be an example, they're gonna make them an example. And it's and the and the notion that anybody would want to give the government control over anything, whether it's control over, you know, you getting your money, like with a digital currency, they decide, well, you know, you don't get money this month because you said something wrong on Twitter or we don't like you did this or you didn't get this vaccine. Uh, putting kill switches in cars, giving the government control to turn off your car. Just the notion that people would be behind this is is crazy, but it shows, again, the indoctrination that's gone on for so many decades. This laid the groundwork for this, where someone says, oh, yeah, you know, government control your car, your income, your health care, all that sounds great. Let's do that. And I'm, this is such a sad thing. It is. Why? Why are we here? Um, and why aren't people like, how is it that we're the ones that are mortified? The stoners of the group, we're the ones that are like, this is terrible. <laughs> and the people who yeah. aren't smoking are like, eh, take a chill pill. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's yeah, the government. It's They're here to help. That's right. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, and people, the, the people that are running things, even if the government was a great way to do things, the people that are running things, these old, decrepit, dementia-ridden uh, stroke victims who just who freeze up on camera and walk off stage. And these are people we did, that, that have been decided that, you know, these are people that are going to run things. Don't this be so big, hard on Biden, the poor man. <laughs> just a stutter. He just has a little stutter. He's fine. But He's still weird watching like He's Biden. Watch him. You watch him like at a committee meeting 30 years ago. He's like so sharp and coherent. And just, you know, and like I didn't evil. agree with a lot of what he said, but he's so with it. And now to watch him speak, it's like you can't believe that he's still with us like he was 30 years ago. He's just not still there. It's sad that he's still here, though. He, yeah. you know, a lot of people, I think, if you don't know, you should know that he's one of the prime architects of the 1995 drug laws that really made, you know, possession of like of crack. Um, is super illegal. People are in jail for life sentences over this. And so to have the architect of, of that law as our, as our president now, it's, it, it blows my mind. How is it that, you know, again, all this amount of prohibition and here we are, we're just, is it going to ever get better? Are we ever going to learn our lesson? And I don't think so. I mean, that's why, again, we voted for this man after, I, and we didn't even vote for him when he was in his youth. We voted for him in his 80s. <laughs> I mean, I don't know a whole lot of 80 year olds that can like manage, you know, they can manage a lunch date, much less the country. <laughs> and here we are. 
Um, so Martha, I want to thank you for uh, being on the show. Uh, where can people find you online on social media? And uh, tell us a little more about uh, ourgood.com. Yeah, so thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate this. Um, people can find me on Twitter. I love Twitter. Uh, I respond to pretty much everyone on Twitter. Um, at, at good uh, Bueno for Miami. And um, I'm on Instagram, same handle, pretty much everywhere, Bueno for Miami. And then the company, the uh, chewable tablets, you can find it at ourgood.com. And like I said, we have a legal product. It's legal in 24 states. It is a nano emulsified chewable tablet. That's a lot of words to say that it's the first edible that'll hit you faster than any other edible out there. Um, they are sugar-free. They are keto-friendly. They're you can use them even if you're diabetic. I just we really had this passion to put something out there that people could access even if uh, cannabis isn't legal in their state. And I wanted to make sure that it is. A medicine. It's a medicine and it's produced in a pharmaceutical grade so that um, you know exactly what you're getting every single time. We test every single part of it to make sure that it is as pure as possible. Um, because again, I am passionate about people having access to their medicine. And until we can get them cannabis everywhere, we'll still provide some very good solutions uh, for those people that, that absolutely need to access it. So that is awesome. Absolutely. Martha, thank you again for being on the show. And uh, if you have anything else to talk about, you want to come back on anytime, just hit us up. We'll be here. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Martha. Have a good night. Have a good night. Bye. Martha Bueno, Bueno for Miami, on X slash Twitter. Go check her out. Ourgood.com. It's been scrolling the entire time along the bottom if you've been paid attention. Now you can. It's right there. Go check it out. <laughs> I'm going to find another bit to uh, get us out of here. Something old. Yes, I reuse bits. I reuse them a lot. Some of these things I've played a long time. Many, many times. Mm, I want to play Easter Hooker. St. Peter voicemail. I don't know. <laughs> we'll do Easter Hooker. These are all on the SoundCloud, by the way. A lot of them are. You know, we'll just do a, um, we'll do God Bless the Mary Jane. That's a good, that's a good song to go out on. God Bless the Mary Jane. Again, St. Peter, because he has the real uh, singing voice of us, <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> Believe it or not, my singing voice is not as good as St. Peter's, which you're about to be blessed with. When I say blessed, I mean blessed. Hey, somebody liked us on Facebook. Someone actually saw this show on Facebook. That's incredible. I think Facebook made a mistake. <laughs> they shouldn't have done that. There shouldn't be people being able to hear us or see us on Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for checking out the show. Thank you to Martha. Go check out sternjesus.net. Thanks for watching and listening. And as always, peace, bitches. Yeah. It's for my lady, Mary Jane. I love you, baby. This is for you. If tomorrow all the weed were gone, or I couldn't find a light, and all I had left was the resin that's in my pipe, I give thanks for all the herb 
that on this earth was planted, that I swear I'd never again take my weed for granted. And I'm proud to be a stoner, don't you dare fucking judge me. Drink and smoke your cigarettes. Leave me with my weed. Won't you stand next to me? And the lady of the flame. Cause there ain't no doubt I love the herb. God bless the Mary Jane. From the dispensaries in California to the retail shops in Colorado, firing up devs and doobies, we're all going to get fucking from Seattle to L.A., over to Denver, then to Boston, to be a stoner, judge me. Drink and smoke your cigarettes. Leave me with my weed. Won't you stand next to me and defend the lady of the flame? Cause there ain't no doubt I love this herb. God bless the Mary Jane. I'm proud to be a stoner, don't you dare fucking judge me, shove your judgment up your ass, leave me with my weed, won't you stand next to me, and defend the lady of the flame, cause there ain't no doubt I love this earth, God bless the Oh, oh, God, I got a fucking beautiful voice.